0: Everybody and welcome back to Beware the Artist. I am Jeremy Gersa, and with us this week on the show we have Lee Noel Wilson. Uh, Lee, if you want to go ahead and tell everybody who you are and what is it that you do.
1: Sure. Yes. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for having me. Uh, super fun to listen to your show and be on it now, and really grateful for the opportunity. Um, so, for those that don't know me, I'm based in Baltimore. And um, I am traditionally trained as a painter, though I'm mostly working with drawing and um, yeah predominantly drawing. <laughs> I usually like to like you know make it sound more aloof by saying I'm like drawing and painting and installation and that kind of stuff but uh, for right now I'm I'm super intrigued with the drawing aspect and just messing with a bunch of drawing materials so, um, Uh, yeah for the most part I um, am working with graphite and charcoal and um, masking with a bit of tape sometimes Um, you you know it's I still approach it a lot like painting so I'm like you know laying in a lot of my shapes and forms kind of like how I would a painting so it's always this funny tension of like do I say I'm a painter? Do I say I'm not a painter? But, um, but ultimately, fine artist based in Baltimore, um, working very figuratively. Um, I've always been very interested in um, people and their faces and the figure and you know the, the figurative form. Um, I am in some recent works. I am starting to. Uh, like there there's an absence, you know, there's no figure, an absent of the figure. Um, but uh I would still technically consider that work figurative because it's very realistic and the objects in the the pieces end up taking on a very figural form in them in themselves. Um so yeah, figurative artist uh, making work about motherhood.
0: <laughs> so um so you started to started to tap into it what themes are you exploring within these pieces
1: um yeah so <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of, of history and context kind of would give the 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 best picture um I've always been somebody that has used art you know like art most artists I feel like uh to you know like process the world and how are things made and where do we come from and like you know i'm a preteen with all of these uh with the, all of these feelings or like i'm a kid trying to understand like oh my gosh like how is this flower made or like oh my gosh like you know you just ever since you know you're 4 you're making all of these connections of how the world works and what's connected and how things are built essentially. Um, and I was totally one of those kids that was like, I gotta draw it. I gotta like, I see it and I wanna capture it. And I wanna just like get it out on paper and like m- me kind of like uh, tackling it, like seeing it and then like re-tackling it and like reconstructing it on paper was always like how it made that final amount of sense in my brain. And, um, and so that has like continued all the way through like, You know, I had some really huge stomach problems in high school and like my art is how I process all of it. You know, like I did a lot of um, volunteer work and construction work down in Honduras through high school and college. And, you know, processing all of those stories that I came across was pretty much what my thesis at the Maryland Institute College of Art was about. You know, like it's just always been that processing um, tool, I guess. And so um, when I became a mom in 2017, my work on one hand took a huge, like left turn. And on the other hand, it didn't. It's kind of this funny tension. Like, essentially, I guess what I'm saying is that my work is very autobiographical, and it continues to be so, you know, like what I'm processing and experiencing in the world is what my art is going to depict kind of thing. But then um I'm one of those like stubborn artists that refuses to like send my kid to childcare when they can just come to the studio with me Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I'm kind of just like all right like we're gonna do this and you're gonna be like my studio buddies (laughs) and this is gonna be great and uh at the same time I do not want you getting into my oil paint (laughs) 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 so that was kind of like my first excuse to jump into playing with like all these drawing materials that I had wanted to play with for a really long time had stupid voices in my head telling me that drawing is like not as mature as painting or like drawing is the preliminary step to painting. So I never allowed myself before having kids to actually explore the medium, which is dumb. Yeah. (laughs) So it was a great excuse. I have kids in the studio with me. I'm going to like jump into all of these drawing materials. And my daughter is about to be four. And I like am starting to slightly crave, you know, my oil painting days a little bit because I definitely am a painter at heart. But I'm for the most part, I'm still having a blast like just like scratching at the surface and then also like getting this like delicate velvet with the charcoal, like that huge contrast. Um, Mm -hmm. And so my materials changed and then also the subject matter, like it's now, it's just like super heavy autobiographical. (laughs) Like I am a mother of young children and it's a very (laughs) bodily physical experience to have young children like any parent that listens to this is just going to be like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Like it's so intense before they like turn seven, like, and maybe it still is when they turn seven. I don't know, but all just to say having a two-year-old and having a four-year-old and being pregnant is really intense experience. And so like my work is right now, it's predominantly all about like, um, exploring that physicality and exploring Mm. weight and exploring just kind of like the huge paradigm shift that happens when you have children and you realize like I'm responsible for these little lives and oh my goodness like I need to keep you alive and as well I need to keep myself alive Mm -hmm. and I need to manage you and I need to manage me but then like all these like existential questions of like I can't, I don't even know how to like articulate it into (laughs) words, which is probably why I make work about it. (laughs) True. So, but it's like, if you looked at my work with the exception of maybe one or two pieces that literally have, you know, a pregnant female as the figure, Mm -hmm. um, for the most part, you wouldn't necessarily get that it's about motherhood Mm -hmm. um, until you like really kind of dug and like either talked to me or came to one of my artist talks or listened to this podcast or like, you know, went on my website and like, you know, heard me directly explain it. Um, but I kind of I like that, that tension. Like I don't want to corner the work into like mothers are the only ones that can relate to it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like for the most part, like we are all carrying around a huge weight. Like we're all managing crazy things in life, especially now
0: yeah so true with the
1: with the pandemic obviously and with covid you know and then but even before that it's like you don't know whose mother is sick you don't know Mm -hmm. whose father just passed away you don't know who has a special needs sibling you don't know who is deaf and exploring that in their work like you don't know what people's interpersonal stuff is necessarily um and so for the most part, again, it's like, you know, we all feel flipped upside down at different times and almost kind of like the experience we're going through is birthing ourselves. And like, you're really becoming who you're meant to be kind of thing. And and so in a way, I kind of like that my, I'm experiencing all of that through the lens of motherhood right now. Mm-hmm. But I like that my personal experience through the maternal experience can also relate to like somebody else's experience just through wherever they are, kind of in life. You know, it's kind of like yeah. they can they can almost impose themselves on my work, even if they're not a mother. Essentially, I guess is my point, kind of thing. But loads of themes of birth and postpartum and weight and physicality and movement and you know kind of like crashing and labor and domestic Mm -hmm. life (laughs) (laughs) there's loads of themes there but again when you have when you look at it 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 seems decently open-ended
0: so how do you actually go about starting a piece
1: Mm, well that's changed a bit over time uh when i was at micah I definitely was one of those classic people that would like, you know, go to the, we had, you know, we had thesis from like 9am to 9pm essentially. And um, (laughs) and so I would like go and I would kind of like look and I kind of would sit and I kind of would like, you know, just kind of like think a lot. I definitely hit this point probably without going down like this huge personal timeline but um (laughs) there I definitely hit this point like a couple of years after college where it was like I was overthinking everything and like I almost was getting stuck like in this conceptual hole and like (laughs) It's like, you know, as you and I have talked before, like it's just like the heaviness and the heaviness and the mental load oh, yeah. that your work is like starting to take on. It just like hit a breaking point. And um, so my husband and I at the time actually moved to France. We like jetted and we're just like. I'm going to go do this art residency and just kind of like leave behind all of this baggage. And we went on this crazy trip. And, um, for, for almost two years we were gone. That's amazing. And, uh, it definitely was super amazing. I'm super thankful for that experience. Um, and then when we got back, I got pregnant by surprise with our daughter and how I approach my work and how I start my work just like also took a huge shift because, Mm -hmm you know, I didn't have the time anymore to just like sit in my studio and think about my work all the time. Like right. like I got interrupted by a breastfeeding baby <laughs> or I got <laughs> interrupted now by a tantrum throwing toddler. Like, you know, it's like, because I have decided to allow them into my studio practice, like I also need to be flexible with like how I go about my process. Because again, I refuse to let them be A true interruption I really want to learn like how to do this like studio dance with them Mm -hmm. um which like not everybody wants to do that and that's totally fine (laughs) like that's just how I want to do it Mm -hmm. um and so for the most part like I do a lot of my thinking now like when I'm at home and when I'm doing a bunch of just like classic like parenthood duties I kind of like the mindless ones like I I don't know pick one off the top of your head honestly like a mindless domestic task that has to do with children like obviously I'm not literally thinking about that as I'm doing it I'm thinking about my artwork Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I'm thinking about you know what my husband and I need to take care of later that day like you know um and so a lot of like my yeah that kind of pre-meditative process that needs to happen before starting a piece like just happens at like all these kind of other crazy times during the day. Yeah. And, uh, and so then I get to the studio and I'm just like, well, let's bust ass. And like, (laughs) I just start like cranking out all this stuff. And like, you know, I've thought about my composition for like hours before I was actually able to get to the Mm -hmm. studio. So it's like, I'm just like ready to like, let's lay this out. Let's bust it out. Like, you know, I, I usually use myself as, (laughs) um, my like my reference photos, because who can afford a model, and <laughs> I'm always available for myself
0: <laughs> right, right,
1: so a lot of the figures in my pieces are actually me, and um it's a little side note. you can always find my children doing really bizarre things in the backgrounds of the photos. <laughs> So i almost want to like display my reference photos like as little pieces in an exhibition one time just <laughs>
0: was amazing i, I know
1: that. just like <laughs> show the narrative like but i do i just like quickly set up a tripod and i like just my kids are so used to it by by now mm-hmm. so like they're kind of doing their thing or just being crazy and i'm like taking these reference photos And then, like, I just quickly, and then it's, again, just, like, busting, busting, busting. So, like, then I, like, you know, quickly shoot it to my phone, so then I can have my phone right there as, like, I'm, like, laying out the, um, you know, my phone as my, technically, my printed reference photo, Mm -hmm. um, laying out, like, the composition, and then, I mean, by that point, it's, like, you've started your piece. It's just kind of, like, you know, then it's, like, all the fundamental stuff, Mm -hmm. like, laying out form and structure and... Blah blah blah, um, and that. You find part, it
0: difficult to work from the phone? I find it so hard to work from
1: the phone. Yeah, man. it's one of those like we. <laughs> my husband and I are just talking about like maybe we should get a printer. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like kind of like old school thought, it feels like. Um, but um, but yeah, like for the most part, it's like a lot. I'm a much more tangible person too. I don't find it very enjoyable to work on the phone, but mm-hmm. again like really fast and like you know it's like I can I have like a a link I'm I'm like so not tech savvy but somehow my camera can send a photo to my phone that's brilliant So it's just, like, I can get a reference photo in five minutes if I work Mm -hmm. off my phone versus, like, doing it the way that I probably really wanted to do it. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And, again, it's, like, those little, like, logistical studio things. And I'm, like, I don't have time to waste on this. Like, I'm just going to, like, use my phone. And maybe one day I'll get enough money and I can get, like, a big iPad or something. (laughs) (laughs) Try and look like I'm, like, really cool. (laughs) but um but yeah and then like a piece usually hits the classic like i hate this kind of phase <laughs> like you know i'm like halfway through working through on it like most pieces do for most artists or i kind of think like oh my gosh am i getting too heavy with this like maybe i should like add some humor and i i consistently try to approach like um these the themes that we were talking about just a minute ago, like essentially like they always kind of end up reflecting like this tension between like what's really comforting and what's really aggressive. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's
1: like one of the biggest, like biggest and weirdest tensions that I've experienced within the maternal experience. Like even like birth itself is like this, this amazingly spiritual experience yet it's like so raw and so intense and like literally you're tearing and literally you're like then immediately deflating afterwards like it's just this such a bizarre experience but then it's also like so tender and like your skin is like super soft afterwards at least mine is but then it also feels like so rough like it's just like these crazy paradoxes and like all of this, like just like this strong tension between, yeah, what's comforting and what's like aggressive. And so I'm like constantly trying to like unfold that and like Uh kind of figure it out. So a piece always goes through like, like again, like a creation story of its own. And it's like I get like really aggressive with it and I'm just kind of like I hate this and I'm like scratching at it and like etc cetera, etc cetera. and then other times I'm like no oh it's so soft and like I really like it and it's like going really well and like etc mm-hmm. etc cetera, et cetera. but it's like this really weird process. I'm sure every artist has like their own ups and downs with their pieces. <laughs> like-
0: yeah, it's interesting to hear you um, kind of describe that process because I, I feel as though your your work um, has a lot of ease to it. It, it feels <laughs> as though it just kind of unfolded and maybe that that speaks to the, the meditation that goes in beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. but then there's 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 also kind of a nice tension between the the positive and negative spaces. Can you can you speak to that weight within the piece and how you're making those decisions?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Um, It's nice to hear that the pieces seem to have some ease. Like it's it's almost like you don't want that angst to come across like too much. Again, as as you and I have spoken about before. Um, But yeah, so it. Sorry, excuse me. Um, Kind of like the the empty spaces that I leave kind of started originally um, conceptually, because I really actually kind of felt like I didn't have any clue what I was doing with trying to like portray like such a huge like conceptual thing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to make work about motherhood. (laughs) and you're like oh, okay so <laughs> i'm going to speak to like what every woman has potentially actually better yet what every person has experienced because we all come from a mother mm-hmm. like we all have one and we all like have like very different experiences with either the mother we came from or the grandmother we came from or the sister that was like a maternal figure to us or an aunt that was like one or you know, being a mother ourselves, like it's a very loaded thing, Mm -hmm. I feel like. And so I kind of like hit these moments where I was like, I'm sorry, but who the heck am I (laughs) to try to speak to this? And uh, and so then once I kind of like got over that, I was like, you know what? No, like I'm a mom and I my work has always been autobiographical and I'm just going to speak to what I'm experiencing. But I kind of wanted to like portray a little bit of that, like humility in a sense, kind Mm -hmm. of like this emptiness and kind of feeling like it's like, I actually don't know how to fill in these lines, you know, like I don't know what I am doing. And like, I'm always learning and discovering. And even with like bringing my children to the studio, I'm kind of Mm -hmm. like, people like message me on Instagram. They're like, how are you making it work? And (laughs) sometimes I just Mesh them back and be like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm just kind of going with it, and like, you know, I have an intentionality behind my systems, but it's like you're just constantly kind of like shooting in the dark. It feels like as you're trying to figure it out, and um, and so a lot of the times I'll I'll mostly leave like the hands or the shirt like um, empty, I guess is what I always call it, but just kind of these contours. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's to kind of like show kind of like um, how I feel like, yeah, I'm being equipped along the way. And like, you know, because I'm an artist and I'm very, very tactile, um, it always kind of feels like things like, I feel confident in them when I can grab them by my hands. And like when my hands are empty, like I'm, I'm not usually the most confident. Um, and so like that usually conceptually is there or like the shirt, it's kind of like trying to portray like these different, like almost kind of like layers that I'm putting on, like Mm -hmm. sometimes they make sense and sometimes they don't. And so sometimes I want to fill them in and sometimes I want to leave them empty, um, and then I'll also admit that occasionally it's just a design decision. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of like one area of the drawing is getting like way too heavy. And so I want to balance it out by um, leaving like something kind of more like contour line work and stuff. Um, but I, I did just complete one piece that's titled um, Don't Fall in the Soup <laughs> and Shifting Perspectives. Um, and it's this giant drawing of Legos that um I've seen this, yeah, yeah, and it has absolutely nothing and everything to do with Legos, like it's like on one hand, I'm like, this drawing is not about Legos. do not ask me about Legos, and then on the other hand, I'm like, oh, it's about Legos, it's all <laughs> about Legos, <laughs> like, so
0: so it's, um, uh, this kind of reminds me of um this one I watched an interview with Damien Hurst and he was he's he's a character to begin with um but someone was interviewing him about his big shark and formaldehyde and mm-hmm. um he said when someone comes up to him and they're in the gallery and they'll, they'll ask him they'll they'll be like oh this is just a metaphor for death and he goes <laughs> no this is a shark in a tank of formaldehyde <laughs> that's that's yeah. it and then someone comes right. up He's and they're like, like oh, is
1: literally it's literally what it is. Yeah.
0: And then someone comes up and they're like, oh, this is just a shark in a tank of formaldehyde. And he goes, no, <laughs> this is a metaphor for death. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a back and forth. <laughs> a back
1: and, forth. <laughs> and on one hand, you can be like, geez, Damien, like stop being such a jerk. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're like totally messing with people. And then on the other hand, you're like, oh no, I get it. Like it's <laughs> like." Oftentimes, like things have everything and nothing to do with everything and nothing. Yes, <laughs> like,
0: yeah, <laughs> that
1: kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, that that piece for me was was like a hu- it was a huge breakthrough piece. Honestly, I just finished it a couple of months ago, maybe even just a month ago, and it kind of felt like I like broke I keep saying that I like broke this self-imposed glass ceiling mm-hmm. and like finally figured out this language that I was trying to work out like this again like that comp or that um, tension between like something that's comfortable and something that's aggressive and something that's like really smoothly done and then something that's like literally just you're just hacking at it mm-hmm. kind of thing and uh and that one piece is probably the the one piece where I the sorry excuse me that one piece is is probably the the piece that it was the most instinctual with like Mm. what was left as contours and what was filled in and then like when like these abstract marks kind of came in at the bottom and it's like if anybody asks me like why was this lego not realistically rendered I'm gonna be like "Mm, it just wasn't (laughs) Like, like it just was all purely instinct like this one's filled in, that one's empty, this one's filled, in. it was almost kind of like this puzzle that literally just ended up fitting itself together, and granted, it took me almost the entire pandemic, I started it at the very beginning of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and uh, and I just finished it a month ago, so pretty much the entire first year of the pandemic, wow. like, it just, it took me the longest piece, or the longest time, so I'm yeah. like, I would hope that it would have the most instinct behind it, I guess, is the reason I'm saying that, but...
0: Um, now, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, but um, are some of your children's drawings making their way into the work?
1: Ah, uh, o- occasionally. They're not actually drawing on my pieces.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I usually end up setting up this like ginormous piece of paper for them right below my drawing um and not to say that I won't maybe one day invite them to like literally actually I did that just today in the studio (laughs) uh my son I laid off (laughs) I have a show coming up um at Plainsight DC uh shout out to them because they're super innovative and amazing women to work with um and uh, yeah, I like laid down this piece because I wanted to get the charcoal to have a darker tone, and you can't get that when the piece is vertical because the charcoal just falls off uh, when when you're working with the powder. And um, and so I laid it on the ground. And my son is usually very independent in the studio. I'm I'm super blessed in this way. Like he doesn't let me touch his artwork, and he just likes to do his own little circle drawings. And he's doing his own thing. Like he's two years old, and he's like, I know what I'm doing. Like. You know, and he doesn't want me coming near him. So I I have no hesitation to like lay my drawing on the floor. Mm -hmm. Right when I did that, he came over and he was like, mama, my turn, mama, my turn. (laughs) And I was like, all right, dude, let's try this for the first time. Like, so I gave him the, I gave him the brush and I told him his little area that he could like, you know, like kind of like squat at and like Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. But um, until today. (laughs) (laughs) Um for the most part yeah I like to give them these super huge pieces of paper because I work super large scale for drawing and um I like them to feel like you know they have an equal place next to me with their equally as large drawing as mine um and so I put them right below it and then I the thing that is working into my work is like um an observation of their mark making And Mm so I like watch them and I like collect all of their drawings. Like I'm totally that art mom that just like (laughs) hoards their kids artwork at this point, (laughs) because for the most part, it's it's a big part of my research. And Mm -hmm. it's like I want to kind of like the way that they consistently like um like the way that their hands work is so much more directly related to the way that their brain works than Mm. us as adults I feel like like obviously we've gone through training and we've gone through like maturing quote-unquote and like we've lost a bit of that like instinctual relation between our hand and our mind and um and so like it's really bizarre almost the way that they like make marks on the paper is the same exact way that like they annoy me through the day. It's <laughs> and like they just they get at me in the way that they like move through the house. I'm like, how are you walking the way that you draw? I don't understand like that's amazing. how that's happening. And so I like to collect their marks because it's actually hugely reflective of like how my maternal experience with them has been in mm. this kind of like bizarre metaphorical and literal kind of sense, and so uh, my daughter is the one that's been like so far doing it the most like drawing the most because she's older and so I yeah I'll totally collect her drawings and then I like try it's almost like an I'm making an observational drawing of their kid drawing yeah yeah
0: I uh when I was at Micah getting my MAT I went and observed a preschool class. And mm. we're, we're sitting there drawing with the students, uh, talking to them about what they're doing, all this kind of stuff. And there was one little girl that I was partnered up with and we're going through these drawings and she, she's very specifically drawing yeah. circles like this on <laughs> yeah. certain areas of the page. And then she had like a stack of six pieces of white computer paper that just had these circles in very specific spots. Right. And I, I asked her, "Well, what are you? What are you drawing?" And she had this whole um, backstory about what was happening. And she started to refer awesome. to each drawing as her poems. And oh,
1: that's awesome!
0: So as she's talking about the poems, she started talking about Miss Womp who lives in a swamp and <laughs> has all this kind of stuff happening around her. And then I realized that the circles. Were the spots that images would go in the book that her mom reads her every night. Oh, wow. And the open yeah. spaces were where the words were supposed to go. Oh so she was goodness. literally putting the layout of the book and oh, recreating that book. So Isn't it's such it an amazing kind of connection that, that starts to happen.
1: Yeah, it's like the way that their minds work. I'm mm-hmm. just like, ah, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's again, like it's so literal, but then also, it's just like, when you, when we try to apply, like, how we think literally, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Like, it's almost kind of like it has this abstraction to it. But, but then when you again, yeah, you like ask them to explain something. It's like, oh, well, duh, it's this. It's (laughs) a very literal explanation. And like, after they explain it, you're like, oh, I see it now. But like, when you just look at it without that explanation, it just is like, this is so like, just all over the place and amazing and I love that that's really cool um
0: so in addition to your kind of studio practice where you're you're making stuff to be seen in galleries and and all that kind of stuff you you also work on murals how did uh how did that come about
1: yeah um I so I'm trying to think like quickly the first uh, I can't really remember actually the first mural that I did how sad is that maybe (laughs) But um, but yeah, I think it probably was when I was at MICA, I took a community engagement class. Um, and one of the projects was that we partnered with a nonprofit and we like had to um, create some sort of like interactive art piece for that nonprofit. And so for the most part, everybody chose to do a mural. Um, and so like, that was really cool. And I, I really liked that and kind of logged it into my brain. Um, But then I guess it was really just um, kind of at the same time that Instagram in like 2012 or so was like starting to blow up a bit. I'm laughing because it's like right when we graduated from college, it was (laughs) like this blow up of Instagram and it totally shifted everything. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, Instagram was becoming a thing. And so then obviously you're getting like, this first taste of just seeing all of this work from around the world that is happening like right now, like Mm -hmm. contemporary work. And like, that's one of the biggest cool, like the coolest and biggest blessings of Instagram and social media is that like, you can see what like someone in France is doing in their studio right now, Mm -hmm. like kind of thing. Um, And so I started to see like all of these street artists that were um, not doing like the classic, street art like you know not not doing classic graffiti and not doing um for the most part very graphic uh Mm -hmm. looking stuff but it was almost like they were um doing fine art but out on the streets And that, like, super intrigued me. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, man. But for me, it was more so, like, I want to paint that big. Like, that (laughs) would be so cool. Like, I just, like, did one of my paintings on, like, the side of this giant building. And, like, that would be amazing. Um, But along with lovely Instagram usually comes a lot of insecurity. Uh (laughs) So... I like, you know, fell into a lot of like the Instagram comparison trap and like, who's liking my pictures and who's not and like just all of that like stupid stuff. Um, And so I, that's one of the main reasons that we, one of the main personal reasons why we moved to France was because I really wanted to kind of like, again, like just let go of all that baggage and just actually Uh do something like for myself and like you know it's like I had at that point I mean that's like probably fast forward almost two years um since like you know initially seeing that kind of stuff on Instagram and so I was like you know what I'm gonna like stop just looking at it on Instagram I want to like go and do it I want to try and do it so I got this urban art residency um and kind of like tried to jump in with the wolves and like I never ended up doing anything super huge, like n- nothing that I actually couldn't do probably just on a canvas. Uh-huh. Um, but it definitely was like super invigorating and kind of this whole other you know, thought process behind doing mural work than doing like studio work. Um, but I guess backing up a bit Um, before we moved to France, I actually, right after graduating, I did get a job with a commercial muralist. Um, And so I did like a bunch of, yeah, just commercial murals with her. And um, we like did like a kid's dental office, you know, like, so fun. (laughs) actually was pretty fun yeah. was like painting you know like uh cavity wizards and like captain smile like the yeah. the the dental office had had branded like and copyrighted all of these like characters these like il- illustrated characters and then we got to like make up all these scenes and like make up all <laughs> these landscapes and so anyways um yeah so I, I did do that for a bit some commercial murals and, um, but yeah, moving to France was probably the biggest experience of like really trying to put my fine art out onto the streets and kind of like playing with all of that idea. Um, but it's funny you bring it up because I just made a post about that work on Instagram. Uh, cause I, I don't really like talk about it very much cause it's not like, it's not what I'm doing literally right, right now. Yeah. Um, and I it, it, it kind of got like, got me reflecting on it. Like, will I ever do that? Like here in the States, like the culture is very different, mm-hmm. you know, here in the States than over in Europe. Um, and so I don't know, I don't know if I will or if I won't, but for the most part, it was, um, yeah. Kind of a fun experiment to kind of like throw my stuff on walls and think I was some sort of badass street artist <laughs> <laughs> for a season.
0: Um, so since I have the opportunity to have you here, I want to ask you specifically about one piece that is just my favorite piece of yours. And, um, it, you have your arms over your head and you're pulling a shirt over your head or off of your head and the collars kind of stuck around your head. Um, yes. Yeah. Can can you, can you speak to that piece a little bit?
1: Yeah, so so far it's uh, it's still in the the sketch room. It's actually a sister piece to uh, another piece. I uh, the shirt is like actually goes over my head, and I look a little bit like stuck and suffocated um, in it and stuff. Um, it's the it's the piece where like the figure is also pregnant. Correct? That's yes, the one. Yeah, that you're, yeah. yeah. Yeah, these, these twin pieces that I wanted to do. Um, really kind of funny because a, a lot of people, like it really sticks out to them. And uh, it was one of those pieces where I was like trying to be, um, or I guess rather I'll say again, like the context. My son had just been born. He was only, we have two kids so far. I'm pregnant with our third. And, uh, and he probably was only like four months old. And I had two under two. So my daughter had only just turned two. And it was extremely overwhelming. And I was trying to still like get to the studio. And like, you know, I felt a little bit of this pressure of like, I can't be knocked out of the game, which like, (laughs) I've let go of that at this point. But like, at that point, I was still like, I got to get into the studio, blah, blah, blah. And so I was trying to be like super conceptual and like trying to like, again, like almost like quote unquote, make something like worth something. Like, I don't know. I don't even know like all of that weird artistic pressure that we feel. But I, one day I was just like, you know what? Screw it. This is how I feel. And I like threw like I had this like striped turtleneck. On. And I like threw it over my face and my daughter got super confused <laughs> it was like, what's going on? And I like clicked the camera and like made this photo happen and like <laughs> just like literally just wanted to like disappear from everything. And, uh, and so then I was like, wow, this is awesome. Oh, you know what? No, I was pregnant with my son. That's why the figure is pregnant because <laughs> the pregnant, it's me. Um, right. So like I was, he was just about to be born. It was like my last month of pregnancy. Again, all those feelings were still the same, but I just had my timeline off a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, I like, through the turtleneck over, my daughter got super confused. And then I was like, I'm just going to draw it and I'm going to draw it super huge. Mm-hmm. And so I like, I did that. <laughs> um, my son ended up being born uh, a little bit early. So my daughter and I were in the studio the day before he was born working on that piece. And, um, and then I finished it after he was, um, after he was born and uh and then as well I think that last studio day that I had is when I took the reference photo for the one that you're talking about so I also like once I calmed down a little bit (laughs) from my like my own tantrum honestly um I started like actually thinking about like again, like all the themes, I don't have to repeat it, but like all the themes that my work deals with, like I started like thinking about all that stuff. And I was like, you know what? Like, I also feel a bit like this. And I kind of like tried to like, I turned on the timer on my camera and I like tried to like take my shirt off, which dude, let me tell you, trying to get your shirt off when you're nine and a half months pregnant is ridiculous. (laughs) Like, trying to put socks on when you're nine and a half <laughs> is ridiculous <laughs> and so I like yeah I tried to like get my sweatshirt off and I was like you know what this is hilarious mm-hmm. in its literalness but also this is really how I feel right now like this mm-hmm. is all like so complicated and like you know the weight is everything in my work is mostly about weight like mm-hmm. it's just like I've got this huge weight on my front. I feel this huge weight and pressure on my back. I feel like I've got this metaphorical weight all over my head, like, and all over my shoulder. And I'm like wrestling with it in a sense. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, any mom will probably tell you or really any parent will probably tell you like, I don't want to do this half the time. But Uh then at the same time, I so want to do this. Like it's such an amazing work to do mm-hmm. and so like that piece is is what that's all about
0: <laughs> I love but that I,
1: I haven't actually gotten the time yet right now it it just exists on the small scale mm-hmm. I made a mono print of it is what I think that you've seen um and so I like it's still I think about that piece almost like every other month and I'm like uh, it'll come out when it's meant to come out. Like I just need to like carve out the time. On one hand, and on the other hand, it's almost kind of like it it's, hasn't yet been the time to like make that make that piece.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: hopefully, hopefully soon that piece will get made like <laughs> to the scale that I really wanted to be made. But um, but yeah, most of my work is kind of like I'm trying to kind of be a bit humorous in the way that I'm trying to like, <laughs> really just express like, like, wow, this is hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, so if there is kind of one piece of artwork that you have to see in the world before you die, what is that one piece of art?
1: Oh man, this is like the, this is like the who's your favorite Uh artist and remember their name question. Um, To be fully honest, I, I feel like I would, you know, try to think of this like really most amazing institution that I could go into or like private collection that I should go into, but I think that probably... It wouldn't be so much like which which piece would I like have to see. It would be which piece would I have to see again.
0: Mm-hmm. And it would
1: it would definitely be uh, Andrew Wyeth. He has an entire collection. Um, I think the I think the museum is called Brandywine mm-hmm. um, yeah. up in Pennsylvania. Yeah, and it's like Andrew Wyeth has been one of my favorite painters. Like ever since I was a kid, I've been always super fascinated by just like the essence of life honestly, <laughs> that that he captures and just like like the just the rawness or like I just love everything about his work um and my husband uh when we were first married took me up on like a surprise trip up to his grandmother lives like really close to there so we went and we visited her and then on our way back we we stopped by the museum and I was just it was one of those like oh my gosh I'm blushing as I'm (laughs) like walking through the exhibition because it's like I'm seeing in real life these paintings that I've only ever like seen in books <laughs> and it's like when you see it in real life everybody knows like you see the texture and you see his brushstrokes, and you see how it's made and it's totally amazing and there's this one piece I sadly I'm so terrible with names I can't remember the title of it but it's um a piece of like all of these people doing that ribbon game around the pole uh-huh. and it's like a snowy day and so like the whole painting is white and you just have these figures like dancing around and it's huge and it's amazing and i died when i saw it <laughs> and so i would totally 1000% like last request go back to brandy wine just die in front of that piece literally
0: <laughs> amazing amazing
1: yeah i love his work um
0: yeah. so i i have to ask you what is milked and what is pint
1: ah yes um so milked and pint they're kind of um they're like sister projects, but one is is printed, literally, and the other one is digital. So Milked is a printed publication that I started um, in 2019. And um, actually, since you're based here in Baltimore, too, you'll know the Grit Fund, uh, mm-hmm. they came out in like 2018 or 2019, around then, and it was their first round of applications. And they, um, they listed, I think because it was one of their first rounds, they gave tons of examples of like projects that they would be willing to, to give grant money to. And they listed a publication as one of them. And I, I've had a dream of making a publication since high school. Like I was on the yearbook club and I like, you know, (laughs) I like made my own sketchbooks and like totally that book nerd. And like, (laughs) you know, did all that fun stuff. And so I always wanted to do a, a magazine and a publication. Um, but again, you know, it just never actually came to being. And uh, and then when I became an adult, I was like, you know, could I make this this dream a reality? And mm-hmm. then I saw the Grit Fund and they were like, yeah, we'll fund publications. And I was like, oh, now's the time. <laughs> and so I applied, totally did not get the fun, the funding. <laughs> like, totally. And, um, but I had asked one of my best friends, who's an amazing graphic designer, who's also a mom, um, if she would want to design it with me. And so I texted her like, oh, we didn't get the funding. And, and she's just like such a badass. And she was like, let's do it anyways. And I was like, yes, let's do it anyways. (laughs) And so it is, it's a publication that features 12 artists at a time, um, that are making work also about the maternal experience. So the artist doesn't have to be a mom themselves, but I, I really want the work that the publication shows to be like investigating kind of the maternal figure or the maternal experience to some extent. And um, kind of kind of as a way to just like, I think that motherhood is portrayed a a lot actually in art history. Um, Obviously we all know that it's mostly portrayed by male artists. Um, And so I'm not necessarily trying to throw up like a middle finger to any of that kind of stuff but I do want to see since there are, so like since women are more prominent in the art industry now than it was then, I know that you know we still have a ways to go, many people think. Um, But at least in comparison to the past, Mm-hmm. You know, we have a more of a, a presence now. And so I, I just want to ask like, so from the female perspective, like what, what has this been like for you either literally as a mother or again, you know, I, we, we featured one artist that was, um, not a mom, but like, she had like a, a huge maternal experience with her sisters and,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, with like other family members that, um, yeah it took that role in her life, and so she really related uh you know it to like sisterhood and stuff um and then as well my my friend Darren is her name um my friend and I are really trying to ask like you know how can motherhood also relate to like race and identity and religion and like all of these other kind of big like spheres of life um you know everything's always really connected if you think about it so mm-hmm. it's like you know how is how is motherhood related to those things like you know even like the idea of like quote unquote the artist portrait yeah it's like you know what is what is that through the lens of motherhood so essentially what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to take like these um really specific themes in the art world actually like uh, the, the artist portrait or like the female nude or like these huge themes that we learned about in art history. And I want to filter it through the lens of, of motherhood. If that makes sense.
0: Brilliant. Yeah. And so, so that's the, that's milked. That's the big public. Yeah. That's
1: the big thing. So that's like a publication that comes out like about three times a year is what we're doing so far. And then, uh, pint, is kind of like the bi-monthly, we started it as monthly and then I couldn't keep up with that type of (laughs) production. So we turned it to bi-monthly and it's like the digital version essentially. But um, I wanted to make it still kind of like its own wonderful thing. So Pint only features two artists at a time mm-hmm. um, and it like dives really deep into like a series of work that they've created um, rather than Milked. The, the the printed publication features about three pieces from each artist. Um, and so I really want Pint almost to kind of be like a two-person show essentially and then okay. Milked the magazine is almost like a group exhibition kind of thing. Um, so Pint, you know, will have like 10 images from a series of work that each artist has created along with their artist statements, along with their project statements and like written content. I, I write, um, almost like a critical review of their work, et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> versus in milked. Um, I don't include any of that. There's no artist statements and there's no project statements because I really want the work to just speak for itself. Gotcha. And like, yeah, just kind of be mostly visual. It's a very visual publication. Um, so so yeah, Paint is online. It's a it's a it's a downloadable zine, essentially.
0: I love that. I love yeah. that. I think that's that's brilliant. Um I'm yeah, with you fun. on the on the not being able to keep up. I'm having a hard time keeping up yeah. with weekly podcast <laughs> oh my
1: gosh it's like when you actually real like get on the other end of like producing something like that it's like oh my gosh this is why like people have teams and like yeah. this is why like you know this is like totally an industry totally in and of itself uh so I think that we all need to especially during this time <laughs> take a bit of pressure off of ourselves so <laughs> You know, if, if you can't produce a podcast on each week, Jeremy, go ahead, take a week off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking about experiences and um, advice that, that you may have for someone, um, I like to ask this question to everyone that's on the show. Um, what is one piece of advice that you have received over your career that you would like to pass on? and what is one piece of advice you would like to give to a up-and-coming generation of creatives?
1: Yeah, those are good questions. Um, One piece of advice that I've received that, um, yeah, that comes like to my mind right away actually came from my very good friend who is my design partner for Milked, Darren. Um, during During the time right before we moved to France and you know was like really struggling with like trying to make it as an artist and then Mm -hmm. the social media insecurities like everything we just talked about um she looked at me and she was like lee if you could make your perfect living room show what would it be literally Mm -hmm. like only your friends and family like take the pressure of the art industry off of your shoulders and make your most perfect living room show like what work would be in that show and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like totally like blew my mind actually. And That's was like-
0: brilliant, wow, I love that. Right?
1: And so I did, like I actually ended up painting this ginormous, this, aha, this was my first mural that I painted. <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was. Uh, This giant lady sitting Indian style with loads and loads and loads of scarves all over her, going pretty much up to her nose. And she had top knot. Like it was like a total like mockery of like what the hipster style of that year was, but like it was like metaphorically, you know, symbolic of like all my insecurities, Mm -hmm. (laughs) something really angsty like that. Um, And so, but yeah, I like, she, she was like 16 feet tall. I just, I painted her huge and I did that. I painted it right on the wall um I was doing a residency at the time and the residency opened up their gallery to me to make this like quote-unquote living room show which was Mm -hmm. amazing of them so I like threw up that huge mural and I just like put up all of these paintings that you know was exactly what she said it was like my perfect living room show and so it was like yeah definitely a piece of advice that I actually go back to a lot like when I get stuck and I'm Mm -hmm. like trying to like you know, I'm looking for other people's affirmation. And I like come back to like, no, Lee, again, like it's your living room show. Like, what would it be kind of thing? Um, And so to be fully honest, like not as a cop-out, but I would honestly just pass that on to, to other up and coming people, you know, like the art industry is full of pressure and it's full of competition. And I think that as artists, since it's also the way that we think, not It's not like just, quote unquote, just what we make. It's also the way we think. I think that that being an artist can become so closely related to your identity that you can like really kind of lose yourself in a certain way. And you can kind of like lose yourself within the arts industry and like also trying to like make it as an artist. Like you have to be able to have just like a very strong boundary of like, my ultimate affirmation comes from, Myself and from my, you know, from myself and my husband and God, honestly. That's who mine comes from. So it's mm-hmm. like ask yourself, like, who are the top three <laughs> people that like your affirmation comes from? And then just like screw everybody else and don't try and please them and just like make the work that you feel convicted mm-hmm. to make and just like make your living room show and like don't try and compete. Actually, give opportunities to others rather than taking them for yourself that is is something I tell my daughter almost every day you need to think about others before you think about yourself 100% if everybody in the world would do that it would be a much nicer place Um,
0: I I love that I think that's kind of the the perfect place to to wrap this up so um Lee if people are looking for your work where might they be able to find it
1: uh yeah so my website is just my name leanowlwilson.com um and actually my instagram is as well just at Wilson. um and those are the main two places that i that i keep up mostly okay
0: great great it's yeah. been an absolute pleasure having you on the yeah. show thank you, thank so, you much so much for being on yeah uh,
1: thanks for having me again it was really fun to laugh and talk and just enjoy <laughs> the conversation <laughs>
0: Um, Everyone, if you have not checked out Lee's work yet, make sure you go and do that. And thank you all for tuning in and make sure you tune in next week for our next episode. All right, I'll see you later.
1: Awesome, see ya.